Welcome all to the 65th instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. It is week one in the FPL season, coming to you on the 8th of August 2017. At the time of recording, we are just three days away from Arsenal and Leicester kicking off the season. We're all very excited and we had a great response to our first podcast, welcoming you all back to the season. Thanks to all those who listened. Welcoming back, first of all, my co-host and the editor of this podcast, The Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back yourself. Thank you very much, sir. Now, we've got a couple of great guests, one more familiar to you all than others, but he's been a surgeon since the start. We welcome back a man who you've known for a long time. Woodsy, lovely to have you back, sir. I thought you were going to play Nelly the Elephant. (laughs) (laughs) No, welcome back, sir. How are you doing? Hello. How has the, uh, the summer months been for you without FPL? We know you love it so much. Um... A struggle, mate, but I have found a new dedication, and that's been uh, practicing my impression of Tweaky, the Buck Rogers robot. BBDBDB. <laughs> we uh, we look forward to hearing that. I thought you said you you found a new interest in your employment, but uh, note that that is a better option. We've also got a man all the way from India once again joining us at the uh, I'd say the crack of dawn. He's not even at that yet. It's slap bang in the middle of the night for Mr. Sid joining us from India. Welcome back, sir. Uh, hi guys, thank you for calling me back. Welcome and back, uh, with regards to what I've been doing, I think I've just been like catching up with all the uh, news, preparing for FPL. I and I've made like about like 150 drafts, and I've almost all all like I think I've torn all of them up. 150. So I think I've yeah. So I've probably Jeez. wasted all my time basically. <laughs> that's that's a much better use of time rather than. I think. I think it's fair to say for most people the template has changed multiple times leading up to the start of the season. Uh, I know the Iceman's had a few different uh, a few different plans leading into this. I've certainly ripped up my team a couple of times. I think I'm settled on something. Do you have something for week one now, Sid? Uh, so I think I've locked in about ten players. Um, I'm waiting for uh, the entire the Super Cup to end, which is actually going to finish now. I have a few United players, I, so I might change them up. I had Mikitar in before the match, so I'm going to look at his position maps and probably I'm going to leave him out. Uh, didn't look really nice, really good. I think Lukaku looked okay, he actually scored. So I think about 70% of my team is there. But uh, the final touch is still. I have to work on rotations and see if I'm cross-playing any player because I don't want to play an attacker against a defender. As Mika says, he's been on the podcast, Wapis. Like, I don't want to cross-play any uh, attacker and defender, so I think I'll probably check those uh, on Thursday or Friday, but more or less about 70%. Well, if you've got 10 players, I can warn you now, you need five more locked in place. You've got about two and a half days to do it, um, so I suggest you take that off work and get this sorted. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably take that. Call in sick tomorrow. That's it, that's it. Um, I hope your employers don't listen to this. So, chaps, we are right into the business of FPL once again, so much so that I've actually left my work clothes on today. I'm taking this so seriously. We have got 10 fixtures to run through. 
The first warning, I suppose, to everyone is that the FPL season kicks off at 7.45 on Friday. Let's get down to business and talk about these fixtures. So we've got Arsenal versus Leicester at the Emirates. Arsenal picking up a decent victory against Chelsea and another trophy for Wenger in the cabinet, as I'm sure you'll all agree is completely reputable, the Community Shield. Good result for them. Not a full-strength side for the Gunners, but may tell us a few things about their starting lineup. Definitely that we're going to be playing 3-4-3 this season. Sid, if I let you kick us off here, who do you like in this fixture? Uh, so, uh, Alexis Sanchez didn't play in the Community Shield, so I would have definitely had a look at him, though he might not be at Arsenal by the end of the window. Hey, at the be. moment, I'm looking at uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the left-back, Kolasinac. Uh, he scored in the... I don't know how to pronounce his name, though. Uh, he scored in the, in the Community Shield. I think he's a very good option, attacking left-back playing in that 3-4-3 as the wing-back, left wing-back. I think he's a very good option. Other than that, I think at the start, I'm not going to look at any other players. Lacazette is an option, but I think Hezus uh, and um, Lukaku, as well as Kane, all three are better options. And in any case, they take up so much of the budget, I don't think Lacazette at the start, but definitely an option uh, later. At the start, just call Lassenic. I think Lacazette's one to watch, really. Very unproven in the Premier League. He's got one of the best records, goals per minute, just behind Messi, I believe it is. <coughs> but, uh, he, uh, yeah, I think you need to wait for him to see how good he is, to see whether he's good enough to actually play in the Premier League or whether he's going to adapt to Arsenal's formation or just Arsene Wenger in general. So, <coughs> yeah, going to flop. He's, uh, he's one, to, one to watch for me, yeah, same. Yeah, hit the hit the post at the weekend. Um, movement looked good for Lacazette. I do agree. I think at ten point five million, it it's quite high price for someone that's new, and we want to see adapt to the league. Could hit the ground running. Sid, just coming back to your comment on Kalasinac, I thought he looked brilliant against uh, Chelsea when he came on at the weekend. The guy's six foot and eighty five kilos, and for a lot of you, that would mean he would be a very decent rugby player. So it's the first physical presence I think Wenger's brought into the club for a while in terms of what he did in Germany last season he got the most assists for a defender so um, seven assists three goals and if you've watched him pre-season or encourage any of you to look at him on YouTube as well he really does get right up there into the box like Bellerin on the other side looks a great option and he is priced the same as Bellerin but I think what we'll see quite quickly is he will become our go-to left wing back especially when Koscielny comes back from injury yeah, I agree with that. I think he should. He is a promising man. Everyone's looking at him now just because he scored in the charity shield. I don't know if that's a bit far-fetched. I think Arsenal's fixtures are still quite quite tricky. They do read green, but I don't think they are. Leicester, Stoke, Liverpool, Chelsea in the first five. That's that's pretty tough for me. Yeah, so Kolasinac, actually, amongst the Arsenal players, he's played the second highest number of minutes in defence uh, in pre-season. He's actually played 328 minutes. And the only one who's played more than him is Montreal, who's played 418 minutes. So I think Kolesinak, I think he starts after scoring, especially he starts on the weekend. So definitely a good option for me. And at his price for an attacking wing-back, we saw Alonso last year. I think at that price, an Arsenal defender, even though Koscielny is missing, Mustafi is missing, maybe not at the start, maybe you could punt at the start if you're really feeling uh, adventurous. But uh, over the season, I'm definitely sure he's going to come good in terms of FPL. Maybe, I don't know how good he is as a, as a football player, but definitely in FPL, he'll be someone who can add value to our teams. What's well, any thoughts on Arsenal other than passive-aggressive comments about Lacazette? I've, I could ramp it up to aggressive. 
Well, now let's take it back a notch. Let's be calm for a minute. Any, anything to add to the discussion or any other players uh, we haven't talked about? Well, I definitely agree with um, your discussion on Sayad, if that's how you pronounce his first name. Um, but I'm actually looking for a cheaper option, and I'm thinking Iwobi at 5.5. Interesting. I think he's racked up minutes during pre-season, um, the third highest of the midfielders, and he played well, didn't he, last season? I think he came out of favour towards the end, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of slotting in Iwobi as a cheaper option into the the it's, Arsenal side. It's just a bit of a rotation risk though with uh, Ozil and Sanchez coming back. If he does start, I think he's a good bet because he's playing in that front two just behind the front man. So he could be a good bet, but I, I don't know. It's just too risky for me. I think he's going to be rotated. Yeah, it's an interesting one, those two positions behind the front man. Because you've got Welbeck who started there, Iwobi, Walcott, that would seem to be his position as well. Sanchez and Ozil to come back. But I, I do think, Woodsy, you make a good point about... Because Wenger seems to favour Iwobi over Walcott and sometimes Welbeck. So it's not a bad shout, even if he's coming off the bench. Um, and as a fifth midfielder, he may not be a bad option. So I do like that shout. Any um guys? One more from Arsenal, and then we'll move on. Any love for Rob Holding? Start at the weekend, cheap away into the Arsenal back three. Obviously, he's got Monreal, he's got Mustafi to come back as well. Can you see him getting game time? I think in the first maybe three weeks he can play. I think Koscielny's back in the third game week. Mustafi is back around then. Monreal, I think, definitely will play. So I just feel that if you're looking to wildcard early in say game week three or four, definitely you can have him. Though the fixtures aren't great. But at 5.0, getting an Arsenal player in, in case you're short of funds and you really want to go for that big name rather than in in the similar category, there's Jones, there's Daniels, there's RK, there's Dawson. So if you want to go for a like for a, a top six team and if you want a player who will play the first two, three weeks, I think Rob Holding is a good option. Okay, potential there. Chaps, uh, Iceman, anybody from Leicester who's taking your fancy? Well, Simpson was in my team for a bit. Not because of their fixtures. He's at 4.5 and I was going to rotate him uh, just to play him in the Brighton game. They've got game week two at home. But other than that, they've got uh, Man United, Chelsea uh, after the Brighton game. And then obviously they've got Arsenal first in this game. So it's difficult just to keep him on the bench for that. But potentially I might go him. I think he's still starting at right back. Other than Simpson, I think Maguire, if Leicester had good fixtures, he would definitely be in my team because he was amazing for whole last season. He got forward really well, was quite high up on the dribbles going forward and had a massive goal threat. But I just think it's probably wait until game week seven for him because after that, then they've got a few good game weeks. But for now, I'm not actually going to go any Leicester players, I don't think. Some people have looked at Vardy because he scored a couple in pre-season and a couple of friendlies, but I don't know. He's it's, For me, he's not good enough for that price range of 8.5, and uh, he's too much of a chav. OK. <laughs> uh, the, the last, la- yeah, the latter point feels statistically based, Iceman. Um, Woodsy? I quite fancy taking a, a punt on Iniacho. I, I like him. At, I liked him at City when he had game time. He always looked dangerous in front of goal. And I just think, how much did they spend on him in the end? Twenty-five million or something like that was it? Just a quick twenty-five million. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think they've. I don't think Leicester have spent that money to let him rot on the bench. So I, I quite fancy a punt with him. To be fair. Yeah, there's talk of Musa going elsewhere, like with West Brom recently, and I guess it's going to be rotated between Slimani. 
Vardy, um, Okazaki, you'd still fancy to get game time. So be interesting to see if Leicester go for two or three up front this season as well with those options. Really? Sid, any thoughts on Leicester? Uh, no, I don't, I'm not looking at any Leicester players. I don't like their fixtures. Don't like their preseason as well. Not really very good. Uh, nothing for me. Nothing from Leicester. So a few options from Arsenal there, maybe a few punts from the Leicester team, but nothing exciting is too much. The, the Saturday fixture chaps at 12.30. So um, if we go back to the beard, two seasons back, he always said never captain in this fixture. But Watford versus Liverpool, some really good attacking players on show for the Reds here. Woodsy, what, what do you think about this one? Liverpool, I think it's got to be Salah or Mane. I think they both look pretty dangerous during pre-season. It's just the price tag. I think it, both of them are £9 million, aren't they? Uh, Manu's 9.5 yeah see I'm, I'm struggling to fit that into my side the only other punt is obviously Sturridge being injured well not necessarily a punt but Firmino's being converted this season into a striker so I think that's a cheap way of getting into Liverpool attacking front line at 8.5 last season 11 goals from midfield is pretty decent, but he played up front, didn't he, towards the end of yeah. last season. So 11 goals for for a striker, it's not great. Uh, but I think Liverpool will be dangerous this season. Lots of pace on the wings, and if they're going to stick yeah. Firmino in between that, then uh, it's a good option. The argument yeah, it, with Liverpool is that uh, I think um, Coutinho's now gone... Well, they've accepted the bid from Barcelona, haven't they? So Coutinho's now gone. Does that open up a space for someone else to come into I mean like I'm kind of seeing that as a positive for the other Liverpool players in the terms of uh, Coutinho took a lot of points off of the other players for example Mane probably Salah and he, if he's not going to be there the likes of Wijnaldum might come into play he's mm. uh, not bad at 7 seven mil and he's likely of scoring Wijnaldum but I do think it kind of opens the door more for Salah and Mane and I think Mane is, for me last season, he was a must-have. And he's actually a player who got 13 goals from midfield last season. He actually played less minutes from the likes of Eriksen, De Bruyne, Pedro. Actually, no, I don't think he got less minutes than Pedro. But uh, he got more goals than all of those. And he was involved in... uh, So he got 13 goals, 7 assists. I think that Mane is going to be one of these overlooked players who's just people are not going for. Because... I haven't seen him in many drafts so far, but I, for me, he's in mine at the moment, and I think I'm going to keep him because he's just such a potent goal scorer. He has been for a few seasons. Uh, yeah, I just think he's a good good buy to have. Yeah, just um, just I think you make some good points there. I agree, Mane. That I think the point five is slightly putting people off. The fact he's that much higher, but I agree on his day, he's absolute dynamite. He tore by Munich apart in the, uh, the pre-season friendly when Liverpool beat them. Just coming back to Salah as well, 15 goals in Serie A last year and 11 assists plus two more goals and an extra assist in the Europa League. So he knows where the net is. I think some people might be put off by his time at Chelsea, but I don't think that's really a fair reflection of him because he got kind of sporadic chances for the Blues. So I, I think he's going to be a really good option. J- just to add to the point about if Coutinho goes, the other avenue it may open up is Firmino dropping into a number 10 type role and freeing up some options up front for the likes of Origi, but also Solanke, who mm. has looked really good pre-season. He's one of the cheaper strikers. Now, I'm not suggesting for one minute he's going to start, but I think you might see 
more game time for him than you'd expect. Part of his reason for leaving Chelsea was because they weren't giving him any game time in the first team. So I don't believe for one minute he's moved to Liverpool for less time. Um, so I think quietly he might not be a bad option as an enabler for five million up front. Yeah, I like that. Sid, any thoughts on this one? So in terms of Mane, I'll just uh, tell you a few stats I've uh, been looking at. Amongst the premium midfielders, which is 9.5 and above, which is Ali Coutinho, Hazard, Eriksen, Ozil, Sanchez and De Bruyne, he actually has the second lowest uh, minutes per FPL points. Other than that, he also has the second lowest number of shots on target and the second lowest number of shots. So in that category of players, which are premium, which is say 9.5, 9, 9.5 and above, I think even though uh, he did like a lot of points early on in the season, Overall, in terms of how much he's creating to how much he's scoring, I think he's he's overachieved a little last season. I think I see him dropping off a little bit, even though he's a very good player. I think in that price bracket, I would definitely go for Eriksen and Ali over Mane. And just because of that fact and because budget is so tight, I don't, I'm not looking at him. In fact, I'm looking at Salah because in the pre-season friendlies as well, I thought Salah was getting better chances than Mane was. Mane was mostly the assist, uh, assisting the assister. And Salah was getting into positions where he was scoring goals from literally 5-7 yards. And that's the sort of player I want who's putting those goals in rather than creating something spectacular. So with Coutinho gone, I think it will really benefit, say, a Milner who's listed as a, midf- uh, listed as a defender but may play as a midfielder. Willyandam, I think, will be- benefit. I think even Salah will benefit. But from that range, from to start off, I wouldn't be looking at Mane. Maybe Salah for me, depending on how what decisions I take, because that's one position I still have left, the last midfielder, but not Mane for me to start with. Well, you've just totally shit all over my Mane shout there, Sid. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm going to listen to the man that's done 150 drafts in the summer. <laughs> yeah. so. Okay, so mixed feelings on Sadio Mane. Now we've uh, we've praised Liverpool there. Chaps, just, I, I've got nothing to add on Watford. I haven't been excited by any of their transfer activity. Any, have any of you got anything? I do think uh, Shalabar is still uh, quite a snip at 4.5. He seems to be playing in the pre-season friendlies and he's got a lot of promise. He's unproven, but there's a lot of promise in him. He's in my team at the moment, but I may switch to uh, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, depending on uh, who I think is going to start more. So, Chalaba actually has played 272 minutes in the last four pre-season friendly matches. That's the only four games he was eligible for, actually, which is about 70 minutes on an average. So, I think he's definitely going to start for Watford. So, if you're looking at a 4.5, I think he's probably my second favourite option after Tom Carroll from Swansea. So, if you're going for a 4-3-3, where you have two 4.5 midfielders, definitely, I think, Chalaba over Ruben Loftus-Cheek, because um, Crystal Palace have Kabaye out. So when Rubens, uh, when he comes back, I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek might drop out to play him. And for a 4.5 midfielder who's like 20% owned, if he draw, starts dropping off, you can lose a lot of team value really quickly. And that's the position you really don't want to lose team value on. So I think playing safe with Chaloba and Carroll to start with is much better than going for, say, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Though, even though I don't know his ownership, but as far as I remember, a lot of people were going to start with him. I could probably check his ownership, in fact, in the meantime. Yeah, uh, it's thirteen thirteen point four percent, Sid. Yeah, yeah. So thirteen point four is a lot, and with a lot of people actually active in the start, and with so many wild cards at the start, it, his price can really go down. And losing point two on a four point five midfielder just doesn't sound right. 
I mean, person. Well, we'll get to Palace in a minute, but actually, MacArthur is priced the same as Loftus Cheek, and he got ninety three FPL points last season. So I'd still be more tempted by him. Yeah, but MacArthur hasn't played in pre season, so I don't know if I'll look at him. I think he's been injured, or there's something wrong with him. So Chalabar appears to be the one for Watford. We're all looking at. I'm not hearing anybody shouting Holabas at this point. No, he's it sounds like nobody will. He was out for a while. No one knew why, but uh, he has just started playing again. So. Maybe one to watch because he was on those free kicks, quite attractive, but not quite at the moment. Not with their fixtures, I don't think. So, Holabas actually played the first three uh, pre-season friendlies, then missed two versus Rangers and Aston Villa, and then he played 85 minutes in the last one against Real Sociedad. So, I think so look, probably a small like problem back. or something. Yeah, maybe small, a small problem with something, a hamstring or something. Well, chap, some good information there on potential Watford players. Um, let's move across London to the first three o'clock fixture. Chelsea are playing against Burnley. Contrary to belief, Courtois is not going to be on penalties this season for Chelsea. Iceman, let, let me let you kick us off on this one. So, Chelsea versus Burnley, who are you liking? Well, Chelsea did not look too great against Arsenal on Sunday in the Charity Shield. And I don't think they they run as a team like they do when Hazard or Costa are playing with them. Um, William was the uh, the big shout that people were going for at 7 million and quite a lot of hope on him, probably hoping that he might be on penalties. And I had him in my team for a while, but after watching that game, I'm kind of steered away a little bit from him. Um, I think, like a lot of people are doing, you can cover a whole team with just a wing-back. And a lot of people are getting in Alonso. It is 7 mil, so it's a bit pricey. I have looked at that in my team, but I needed to kind of spread the funds elsewhere, so I've actually removed him now. But I can see why a lot of people are going him, because he practically plays as a midfielder. He does get forward. Like last season, you can probably see a lot of returns from him. Other than that, at the moment, you know, you've got Fabregas who can kind of compete with William, but he was deeper than expected. He's taken the Matic role now that he's left to United. Uh, but I, d- I don't think there's that many options that I want. I, I actually have William right now, but if there's some pressing need and if I'm really short of a million, I'd probably put him down, even though he's been in my team for really long. But he's at, at one point before the Community Shield, he was definitely locked into my team. But as I'm looking at more options at 5.5, at 6, I might let him go. Even though having a Chelsea cover at 7 million for the first 3-4 fixtures just seems like a very easy pick. So I'd probably stick with him. I think I've seen Fabregas in a lot of teams and I absolutely don't understand that because he's playing alongside Kante and against the big teams, he's so uh, deep. I don't think he'll get the chances. Maybe week 1, he'll run Burnley players around, but... When it comes to week two and he's playing against the Spurs midfielders, I think he'll play very deep. And I don't think uh, he'll provide any FPL points in that game week. So probably for the short period, I'd probably avoid Fabregas. And when with Bakayoko back, I think Fabregas will go back to the bench. So probably avoid Fabregas to start with. And with regards to Alonso, I'd also probably avoid him. At 7 million, it's very expensive and Chelsea are out in the market for a new wing back. Because Alonso is really bad when, uh, like, when he goes back and he's playing defensively, so I think I'd probably steer off him. You don't want a seven million player starting on the bench. Interesting. I think the because Aspilicueta went to to fullback when uh, in the second half when Alonso went off. So I think they're going to rotate Aspilicueta as much as possible. I don't know, after his returns last season, Alonso, I think, is still a, a pretty viable option. Like you said, it depends if they sign Alexandro, though, because if they get him, I can't see them paying 70-odd million and not playing him. But I think if they don't replace anybody by the weekend, he might be a safe bet. But like you say, 7 million is quite a bit for a fullback. 
I mean, just to add to the discussion, we haven't mentioned Morata, the big money signing for Chelsea. Fantastic goal scoring record last season. In total for club and country, 51 appearances, 27 goals, five assists. So that strike rate is every other game, effectively. Half of those appearances, should be said, were off the bench. So this is his first real gig as the main number nine, so to speak, for Chelsea. Um, Iceman, do you see any value in Morata, or you, do you think wait for him for now? Yeah, he's he's more of a sit and wait at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he's probably low on confidence after missing the penalty as well, after coming on and not doing very well, and that's why he had a bit good laugh about that, didn't he? Um, yeah, I... Did he I, actually I, laugh? I, <laughs> yeah, was, Did you see uh, him laughing? There's a YouTube video of it. Look it up, it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's actually going to start. I think uh, that's why I might actually start this game. And I, I think there's a lot of promise in him. Though. He's, he is a good player and he has got quite a good goal rate. But at the moment, yeah, no, I wouldn't go near until he's proven. So no Morata, yeah. Chaps, what about Burnley? Woodsy, anything to add to the Chelsea discussion or anyone from Burnley you've got in mind? BBDBDB. No. No one, from, no one to add. Sid, anyone from Burnley then? Yeah, I think Ben Mee is a very, very good option. Yeah, uh, like he's, uh, he's played a good number of games. Uh, his uh, game week fixtures 2, 4 and 6 are very, very good. I think probably the best uh, rotation option at 4.5. And if you put a, a West Brom defender with him, say if you are willing to risk it with Hegazi, who's played in, uh, in pre-season, or if you're going premium with Dawson, I think those two will give you very good value for your money. So I think definitely Ben Mee, he's one name who's definitely in my team. Other than that, in midfield, I think John Walters at 5.5 is a very good option. But since attackers, you can't really rotate. I'm not going to start with him. But in the long term, because players are so expensive this time and there's so many good players, I think over the season, John Walters might be a very good pick. I like that. Iceman, anything to add on Burnley? Uh, yeah, just that I've, I've got me. I have still got long, the four million defender in my team, but... I don't think he's going to get a game. I've I've seen a few Burnley fans just say that they don't think he's going to get a game. It would just be me who I'd be going for here. A lot of people uh, are going for Heaton. Obviously, every time he's been in the Premiership, he's produced some good FPL points, uh, high scoring last season. I just think with their fixtures against Chelsea, Spurs and Liverpool in their first five, it's just going to be a bit tricky for them. And you're kind of looking at the first five to six fixtures and making sure that whatever players that you're getting, they've, they've got you know decent fixtures. I know, like Sid says, you can probably do a rotation like I probably am with Ben Mees. But yeah, you kind of want them to have some decent fixtures if you're going to pick them. And uh, yeah. I think Tom, just, according to Fox Sports, yeah, just, Tom Heaton got the most saves last season. Yeah, he did, yeah. He also it's scored the six that- points that... It's just got me the six points that led to me beating the Iceman for the whole season, so he's a great shout. <laughs> yeah, she won't know that good. Never. Never. Sid, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, uh, so I was just saying that in terms of the fodder defender, a lot of people go for that 4.05th defender who actually, they don't play. But in terms of reducing your overall risk, I think if you're going with me in defence, you could probably go for long as the fifth defender. Because if in case me gets injured and uh, you don't have a, a defender you're short, then Long will come in for Burnley. That's a good so strategy. effectively, one of them will always play. Yeah, that's a good so strategy. That's sort of the safe... Yeah. yeah, so that's actually the safer option because if you if you suppose you don't have a defender, you'll definitely have Long coming in because he's the only replacement they have. 
Okay. So we've, uh, I think we've exhausted Burnley there in terms of potential options, and I think it's up to you whether you take the risk on long. We've got another London team playing at home this week. We've got Palace versus Huddersfield, so the new boys to the Premier League um, versus Palace, who managed to stay in the league once again. Sid, who, who do you like in this one? So uh, definitely one of the with the best picks I feel for the start of the season. Uh, very unreliable and inconsistent, but I feel this is his breakthrough season. I think Zaha is a very very good option. In terms of the seven sub seven midfielders, I've just had a look at the stats. Zaha had the maximum number of big chances created, which is eleven in the last season, uh, which is five more than the second highest target in his price category. Uh, he had one thirty one dribbles completed, which counts for bonus points when you're calculating bonus points. Which is forty-three higher than the second highest, which is Lanzini, which is eighty-eight. So he's beaten him in that category by a by huge distance. And in terms of shots, he had the fourth highest number of shots for any sub seven million uh, midfielder. With those fixtures, with Huddersfield uh, at home, which is I think the easiest fixture right now in the league, I think definitely Zaha is one I'd want to have. And in the new system, I think he plays it like a second striker, just behind a Benteke. I think he's going to do really well for his price tag, so definitely one to watch out. Yeah, so another good option that I can see in uh, the Palace uh, team is their keeper Wayne Hennessy. Even though he didn't play the last pre-season friendly match, I think he's a very good option with those fixtures. If you want to rotate your keepers at the start, I think Hennessy is a very good option. You could probably add another keeper with him, which I'll let the listeners do a little bit of work and find that second keeper out. But I think Hennessy is definitely an option I'm looking at to start with. Lot of people going for Foster and Elliot, but I feel it's if you want to save your wild card, you want to play safe. I think it's better if you go with Hennessy, or if you're going with Foster, you actually look at Fabianski with him. I think it's better to rotate those keepers at the start and play safe so that you don't you're not left with one keeper. Like in suppose say Foster gets injured, you have to make a transfer for a def- for for a, for a keeper, and you don't want to get into that sort of situation because Elliot uh, Newcastle might buy another keeper. So that's definitely one. I think that's a point five million that you'd spend on those keepers, which could add great value to your team. A lot of people are looking at Spironi because he played against Schalke and uh, forty-five minutes against West Brom. But yeah, like you say, I do think that it's Hennessy that is going to start. And just going back to Zaha, I do think as soon as he plays against Huddersfield in this game and he gets any goals at all, he's going to rocket in price. Like, people are just going to bring him straight in. Probably when William flops, is going to remove William and bring in Zaha. That's when you can kind of gain on value as well. So he is a value pick, and I think that if you do have him, and he does well in the first game, he's going to go up in price. Yeah, in terms of midfielders, actually Zaha is the third most owned player in midfielders. He's at 24%, which is second only to Ali at 38%, and De Bruyne at 26%. So in, in even if he doesn't if if he does badly there'll be a lot of people who will be doing badly with you and if he does well you could you'll anyway get a price rise so and it, at the start of the season you'd probably give him two three games anyway so and there are so many people in that category that you can easily switch around so I think Zaha is definitely one you can have because the the benefits of having him are I think out with the the negative aspects of him being a little inconsistent in his output. Okay, chaps. Well, I like um, I like your thinking there, said. I think Saha definitely we're going to see a bit more consistency from. Great shout last season. Chaps, Huddersfield, the new boys to the league. The player that stood out for me, I mentioned last week, was Moy, 5.5 million. Decent goal scoring record historically and notched a few for them last season, possibly on set pieces as well. 
So before we uh, before we talk about Huddersfield, uh, we need to say goodbye to our forefather and founding father, friend, father and foe, Woodsy, for <laughs> leaving us now. Woodsy has got a very busy day tomorrow, so uh, given we're recording this quite late, he'll be leaving. Woodsy, anything to say to the listeners? It's nice to see your time management hasn't improved. We've run over schedule and my professionalism hasn't improved. So, BBDBDB. Thank you to Woodsy. So, with that, uh, let's move to from one old one to a new team. Let's move to Huddersfield, who, new boys to the Premiership. I can't say I know too much about them. Fairly exciting way of playing in the Championship last year. Moy is the one catching my eye in midfield at 5.5 million. He was actually part of uh, the Manchester City setup. They've signed him for eight million, so I fancy him to get plenty of games for a promoted team. Is going to pay that much for him? An attacking midfielder, probably on set pieces, and a decent pass goal scorer record as well. Iceman, anyone to add from Huddersfield? I think a lot of people are looking at the cheap option of Mooney up front at six million because Huddersfield have got so many good fixtures. Uh, they've got Crystal Palace away first and then they've got Newcastle at home, Southampton at home, then they've got West Ham away, then Leicester at home. So a lot of people are looking at that cheap striker in Mooney. He has scored a couple in pre-season. Only 0.7 selected, so it might be a bit of a differential, but uh, he would be the only one that I would go near or even think about. But for me, unproven in the Premier League, so wouldn't go near it, to be honest. Uh, Ince is another one people are looking at, but I I don't know enough about him. He's a bit. Uh, he's played in the Prem before, but not very often. I think he played for Hull and didn't get much of a game. But yeah, he, he, I wouldn't be going him either. So I'm actually staying away from, uh, from them at the moment. Low at the back for 4.5. I've heard some good things about him via Twitter, but again, I'll probably need to research that a little bit more. Um, I don't like to go near too many unproven players in the Prem when we first start. Easier just to play a little bit safer and just players that you know and know are going to play. Yeah, any thoughts on that, Sid? So, uh, I actually looked at my team for the number of promoted players I have and I can see zero. <laughs> so, I think I'm probably not going to go with anyone from the promoted clubs. Ince is the only one who gets close to my team at the moment and I might have to go with him because I have about 6 million for that for a midfield spot and at the moment I have James Ward-Prowse there. So if I feel confident about him, I'd probably stick with him. Other than Ince, I really can't see anyone right now. Lowy might be on penalties, but I think that we have to wait for to see if he'll actually be on penalties or not. But if he's on penalties, even if he's playing for Huddersfield, I think he is a good option to rotate uh, later on in the season. But at the moment, uh, not, nothing for me. Um, one, I suppose the last player I'm going to add from this, only because of what um, the Iceman said about Mooney, Huddersfield have actually paid a fair whack to get uh, De Poitre from, um, from Porto. Now, he didn't have a great season last year, but prior to that, he'd scored quite well. He's a Belgian international by history as well, so actually he's got quite a pedigree. I think he'll start up from there, up front for them. He's only 5.5 million. And if you do a little bit of research around him, he does have quite a good goal-scoring pedigree. So I actually think he might be a better option than Mooney at six. But again, we need to wait and see how Huddersfield perform in the league. So not too much more to say on them. And with that, it delights me to take us on to Everton versus Stoke Chaps. Now, Everton have been very, very busy in the transfer market, Sid. And pretty much front to back, the spine of the team has been torn out and replaced. Some great signings. Who are your favourites from Everton and sort of moving forward? Um, at the moment, for the start of the season, absolutely terrible fixtures. 
uh, no one for me at the start i'm not even looking at them i'm actually actually i've not looked at them at all till now but i think over the season i think if coleman isn't back whoever gets that right defense spot i think right back spot will be very good martina at the moment has it holgate is another option there i think long term for the rotation 4.5 million for that spot will be very good value other than that i think rooney will be very good over the season because he's yeah. just 7.5 and yeah, sandro right. ramirez is a very very good very very good signing so i think he's going to be good for the season but at the moment absolutely no one for me yeah i agree sandro um, came good at malaga last season he's come previously from barcelona didn't work out from there but uh, very very good in la liga and a pretty mediocre team last season um i've noticed a few times that he's lined up up front next to rooney with class and in behind so i think as a cheaper striking option we might see really good value out of him we don't say too much about wayne rooney the question is playing regularly up top will he recapture the form of season pass where he scored 27 odd goals in the premiership i suppose that's to be seen if everything can click when their fixtures improve, I definitely like Michael Keane at the back for them. He's 5.5, but I don't think that's a bad option. And, of course, Pickford in goal now, so we need to see how he um, adapts to life at Everton. Iceman, any thoughts on Everton? I like Sid. I haven't really looked at both their players. Kind of know more about them. We're gonna, They're a wait and see. With their fixtures, I don't think they're a go-to. Um, not with the other options we have. So no, I'm I'm just steering clear of okay. both of them from the start of the season. So One, ones to watch though on either team. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, so it probably we're, we're scared off more by the fixtures for Everton, but they could well prove us wrong. On the other side of this fixture, Stoke, again, I'm not particularly enthused by the, uh, the, the business they've done. They signed Kevin Chupomoteng yesterday, who I think only scored three goals last season for Schalke. So whether he's going to be used off Berahino or or Diouf, I'm not quite sure or if he's going to be the main man up front at number nine. Not a great goal-scoring record for them. It feels like Wilfred Boney all over again in terms of potential returns. Um, one player I was interested in from Stoke was Kurt Zuma. They signed him from, from Chelsea on loan, which I thought great. Quality signing, might be solid at the back with Shawcross but they've kept him at 5.5 million. So until I see some defensive um, returns, I'm not going to go near him. Sid? Yeah, nothing for me from Stoke. I think over the season, maybe Johnson might be a good pick over the season because he was playing wing back in this one friendly that I saw a bit of. But other than that, with the starting fixtures, nothing for me at the start. Nothing yet. That's fair enough. Okay, well, let's move on, chaps. We don't seem particularly enthused by this one. Saints versus Swansea. So I think this one will probably be catching more people's uh, attention. Saints with some pretty good fixtures to start the season, actually. Iceman, who who do you like from the Saints? Um, uh, Yeah, I'm all over the Saints at the moment. I have thought about the Gabbardini option, and I had him in my team. I had Austin in to start with at 6.5, but he was... Gabbardini started the last pre-season friendly, and those pre-season friendlies about a week before the Premiership has actually start. They're the lineups which you're looking at uh, whether they're going to start for, for game week one. And uh, Austin wasn't in there. It was Gabbardini. Uh, I think Gabbardini will be on pens and free kicks... Jay Will Prowse might be on a few free kicks, but Gabbiadini has taken a few away from him. 
And he has played the most out of all the strikers in the pre-season. So, yeah, I can see him starting. Seven million, he could come good. I can see with their fixtures coming up, they've got five good fixtures. So whatever Saints player you choose, you've got to hope they start and they're playing in these fixtures. You want to be relying on starting time. So Gabby Dean is probably a good option up front for seven million. They've just got a number of assets in midfield to choose from. From the likes of Bufau at six mil, Tadic 6.5, J. Walpole's 5.5 and Redmond at 5.5. A lot of good options. I'm actually on Tadic at the moment, even though I said I wouldn't go back there because he's let me down so many times. He just he seems to get the minutes. Uh, new manager Pellegrino has given him the minutes in pre-season and in their formation that they play, I think he might benefit from it because they are they have been playing at five at the back as well as four so they have been switching it but I think that Tadic might benefit from this and he has been good in the past Tadic so I'm kind of clinging on to that knowing that he's got that pedigree behind him to score well and yeah he's he's in my team for now along with Stevens because I I think the fact that when he plays, his bonus point, he's kind of like a bonus point magnet. He didn't play that many minutes. And he scored like 10 or 12 bonus points, I think it was. With Yoshida, he is proven, but I do feel like they might either buy another centre-back or Van Dyke might actually come back. I know he's putting a transfer request. A bit wary about Yoshida now. I'm kind of on uh, Stevens, but if not him, Bertrand, one of the best full-backs there is. Uh, around uh, his points per minute are pretty high. He's 5.5 and I would have him in my team if I could fit him in, but it's just that little bit pricey, whereas I've got Stevens at the moment. But I, I, I am able to switch to Cedric, who's who's got good potential as well. So all of these options with Saints, such a, yeah, they're all good options. And with their fixtures... You've named, and, you've named the whole Saints back four. <laughs> with their fixtures and playing against Swansea, yeah, I, I can see I can see loads of points coming from them. Sid, anyone to add to that? Yeah, so basically I'll just talk about the fixtures. They start with Swansea at home, then West Ham at home, Huddersfield away, which is, I think, say Huddersfield at home, and Watford at home. So when you have those four fixtures, I think you should at least have two players, if not more, uh, from that. I think one should be a midfielder and an attacker, and one should be a defender. In terms of defenders, I disagree with James. I still like Yoshida the best because he has 320 minutes in pre-season, which is the most amongst all uh, their uh, defensive options. Second highest is Piet and third highest is Stephens. So he's actually played more than Stephens in pre-season. Other than that, I think Tadic, I'll just go through a few stats which actually describe him as a player. He's at 63 shots, which is the highest amongst seven and below uh, priced midfielders. He has had saves from shots inside the box, which is eight, which is the highest for these midfielders. He's had 422 successful final third passes, which is a key matrix, I think, in terms of uh, judging the, the creativity of, a, of an attacking midfielder, which is also the highest. But his short conversion rate to goal conversion rate is 4.8%, which is the lowest amongst all these midfielders. So I think he creates a lot, gets into a lot of good positions, but he's just not had the end product. Still for me, at that price at 6.5, which is 1 million cheaper than last year, I think he provides very good value. And with Redmond not starting in preseason, I think he's only played one game. I think Tardic is definitely one you can look at uh, at 6.5. Because, see, Gabbiadini is a good option, but when you think about it, he's always under danger from say the likes of Austin who's a very very good Premier League striker so definitely not going there it it is an option I was looking at it but I'm just too scared of him playing 60 minutes and then getting subbed off 
So Tadic is definitely one to look at for me. I like it. So there's some support for Tadic there. Chaps, what about Swansea then? So it looks like they're going to lose the main man, Sigurdsson. Any, any luck for the Swans? I think we're all over Tom Carroll, really, aren't we? We do think like he's going yeah. to replace Sigurdsson. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to buy anyone. I'm sure with the £50 million that they're going to get for Siggy, they should buy someone. But I think Carroll's pretty nailed on. On set pieces, 4.5. He's, uh, yeah, he's definitely staying in my team for the, for the start of the season. They actually scored four goals in the last preseason friendly and Tom Carroll had three assists. For a mm. 4.5 midfielder, I think, I think that's probably the best value you'll get in FPL right now. Even if you had to play him as a fourth midfielder, I think it's well worth the risk at the start. So he's definitely going to be in my team and I strongly suggest that everyone else also should look at him. Other than him, I think one uh, mid, uh, like one keeper rotation which has been severely ignored on, say, Twitter, which is my main source of FPL, I think is Foster and Fabianski. A lot of people have been looking at Foster and Elliot. I think Foster and Fabianski, if you're looking at a five-game-week period, uh, the only weak fixture that Foster has is game-week four and I think Fabianski has a very good fixture there. So I think I could you could probably look at him if you want to look at a rotating keepers and if you want to plan for say five weeks or six week period. I like that. So that's uh, yeah, the, the rotating keepers at a cheap price is definitely a, a, a key one in FPL, isn't it? As we learned last season. Just to add to your your sentiments, you two. I think I suppose in terms of enablers, what I'm looking at in the uh, in the Swansea team, one player I think and I'm not going to start with him, but I'm going to keep my eye on him because he looked sharp towards the end of the last season was Narsing. The, the winger for them. He's only five million. He came sort of towards the latter part of last season. I thought he looked very good. But I won't start with him, but I'm keeping my eye on him. The other thing is Tammy Abraham. So he scored a bucket load of goals whilst on loan last season from Chelsea in the Championship. And there's not too much competition for him up front. Lorente at the moment is predicted to be out until the 19th of August. So I think you might well see a start for him. And this is his chance to show that he can do it in the Premier League. So I do like the look of Tammy Abraham. And at some point in the season, if Sanchez becomes an option for me, he could be an enabler. Yeah, I think that's all he is really, is an enabler probably the first week. But he has he did have a groin injury from the last game he came off. Um, I don't think it's anything serious, but yeah, he's just kind of an enabler, maybe just for the first game. I think Lorente might be back for the United game, so not sure okay. on him. I was looking at Abraham, actually, and I actually don't uh, like him because his first game is against Southampton away, which is going to be against one of your defenders, which I think most people will have a Southampton defender. The second one is against United at home. So other people who have United as well in defence, which is 70% of their field players right now, will also have, again, a cross-play with, between Tom uh, between Tom Carroll or Tommy, Tommy Abraham. So I think, why would you want to divide the points between a, between a striker and a, and a goalkeeper? If your striker scores, your goalkeeper or your defender loses a clean sheet. So, and at 5.5, you then get stuck with, with that player because there are no other options at 5.5. So I think 6.57 is is the sort of range you should look at at the start because you want flexibility, you want to hop on the good bandwagons, you don't want to wildcard, you don't want to be forced to wildcard because you don't have a good structure. So I think you should definitely look at the 6.57 range rather than Tammy Abraham because at 5.5 it's very hard to get off him if you're on him and if he doesn't perform. FYI, Sid, I just played some uh, intro music over you just then, so apologies listeners if you heard that. 
And welcome back to the podcast, apparently, where uh, we're starting again. Chaps, uh, so I think that's, a, that's enough for discussion around Saints versus Swansea. Um, I'm going to make my first uh, pronunciation apology of the season. I said Kevin Chupo-Moting. Apology to the Chupo-Motings. I was getting him mixed up with Kevin Prince-Boteng. His name is actually Jean-Eric Maxim Chupo-Moting. So apologies for that mispronunciation let's move on to west brom versus bournemouth now i know people are loving the idea of west brom defenders and uh, and keepers at the moment so fostering goal sid who do you like in this one uh in terms of west brom i like foster but i just don't feel that just going with foster is the sort of the right option I think he will not keep many clean sheets and will not make many saves because West Ham, West Brom actually concede one goal usually and they're defensively they're okay, but they sort of concede one goal here and there all the time. They kept actually just four clean sheets in 19 home games last season and six clean sheets in total, which I think is absolutely poor for, say, a Tony Pierce team, which you traditionally would say would keep more clean sheets. So I don't think I'm going to go with Foster. At the moment, I don't have him. I think the one good option that I see is definitely Dawson. He's uh, 5 million and he's a beast. He can score goals. He's actually scored a number of goals in the last few seasons. So with him starting, I think he's very good value. If you're in a bit of a, in a mood to risk, I think Hegazi, who started, he's 4.5 million. He's the only 4.5 million defender there. I think he's a very, very good option to start with. Just hoping McCauley, who's uh, about 75 years old, doesn't start. So Higazi can keep his place. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, Iceman, anyone to add to that? To be honest, I agree with mostly what Sid just said there. Mm-hmm. I am on Phillips at the moment. Uh, I feel like he's probably one of the most attacking midfielders along with Chadley, but I think Phillips is going to start over him. So they've got Rondon, Phillips on one side, and then Rodriguez on the other side. Rodriguez is classed as a striker, and as I said last week, yeah, you've got that clean sheet potential and the extra point from midfield which Phillips can gain. So I feel like he is a better option than actually going Rodriguez up front. So yeah, he's in my team for now. Okay, I like that. And um, in terms of their opponents, Bournemouth, anyone to shout from them? I actually really like Ake for some time during the middle. But at, when you think about it at 5 million, you have so many other options which are better than Ake. Uh, I just feel that with holding in there uh, another few options, I don't think that I can go put 5 million into Ake. I think Begovic is a very good option. He's a very very good keeper in terms of points per minute played and I think he's going to be one keeper who you can actually start with and you can keep throughout the season I think him and Joe Hart will probably be the best value def- uh, goalkeepers for the season so I think I'm going to probably start with Begovic I'm, that's one I'm, I'm actually looking at right now so um, I think just Begovic to start with just, just to add on um, uh, with I know you're talking about Ake I just think Daniels might be potential. It is Bournemouth. I don't feel like they're going to keep that many clean sheets. I do think if they've got Begovic starting, definitely. If it's not Borak, then if Begovic starts, then they've got more likely to keep a clean sheet. Just looking at Daniels' points per minute last season, uh, points per 90, sorry, and he's on on 3.94, which is one of the highest out of all the defenders. He's in the... He's in the top seven, including Alonso, Cahill, Walker, etc. So he is right up there, the points per 90. So he has got potential of those attack and returns. The only thing is, we don't know if he's on penalties anymore. So that is a slight concern there. Okay, so 
few few there from Bournemouth as well. Let's move on to another Southern club versus a real favourite for the league this season. We've got Brighton versus Manchester City in the evening kickoff. Iceman, I know you're going to mention Knockart earlier. <laughs> I was going to mention Knockart earlier. Yeah, only because uh, he, he grabbed a load of points last year in the Championship. He's very unproven in the Premiership, so I won't be going near them. He's another one of these. Anyone from Brighton will be difficult to actually bring straight into your squad because they're all unproven. The only thing is, I am looking at uh, the defender, Marcus Sutner. He looks like he's nailed on for a left back now and he likes to get forward and he's got a good cross on him and he has grabbed a few assists pre-season. So he is a potential for me at 4.5. He looks uh, their best pick. I mean, people have looked at Dunk, but he looks a bit of a, uh, a card ma- magnet. Obviously not against Man City because I think Man City are probably going to rip them apart with the attacking options that they have. And I think when you're looking at Man City, is uh, you've got so many options, it's just yeah, it's just really hard to choose from any of them. Well, let me just give you some... Uh, you said about Knockout last season, 15 goals in the uh, in the Championship, eight assists, Championship player of the season. So didn't really get a chance when he was at Leicester. So could well convert that to the Premier League. But I do agree with you, he's up against it with, um, with the... the Huge spending Manchester City. I think they're close to 150 million at the moment. Plus, if they buy Sanchez as well, although we don't want that to happen. Sid, anyone to add from Brighton, or do you want to get straight into City? Yeah. So, in terms of Brighton, I think Dunk will be a good option. Uh, we're talking about his yellow card, but if we talk about his uh, sort of impact on the game, I think his clearances, box, and interceptions will probably make up for that. And I think he's going to be a very good player over the season at 4.5. Because he's got a good header on him as well. Sutner is a very good option. I think he had the maximum number of assists for a def- for a defender in the Bundesliga last season, which is a very good league. So I think that's another option. Uh, Knockart is a very good option as well for, from his record in the championship, but not at the start. I'm going to probably miss all of them. I don't have any of them. Uh, one one uh, defender that I think at 4.0, which might start, is Rosenia. Because Bruno, who's their right back right now, is about 37. So he's competing with McCauley for the oldest player in the league. <laughs> and uh, I think he might lose that and also lose his spot. So Rosenier is definitely one option at 4.0, which can come into play. So if you're not going with long, I think Rosenier is definitely an option you can take at 4.0 for your fodder defender. Yeah, he is one of these players who can play anywhere within the back line as well. So potential for any injuries to actually get a game. So, Jim, anyone else to add on, uh, add from Brighton? Uh, yeah, just, I mean, again, obviously not for this game, but looking at the Bundesliga, who the guy who created the most chances last season, uh, Pascal Gross, in each of his seasons in the Bundesliga for, who was it, Ingolstadt, is that how you say it? I have no idea. He was the most creative player uh, for two seasons running. He's in the uh, Germany under-18s, under-19s. He's on set-piece duties by the looks of it because he scored in the friendly against Atletico Madrid. There was a lot of hope for him at 5.5 from midfield. Just a bit unknown, though, so just one to watch for me, Gross. Okay, so, yeah, potential gem you've identified there, Iceman. We'll see how he develops over the season. Uh, I'm dying to hear what you two have got to say about Manchester City. So, Sid, who have you got in mind from them? Yeah, so uh, at the moment, I don't have him and it's painful, but I think Kevin De Bruyne is a very, very good option. I think a lot of people actually have him because he's the second most owned midfielder. 
I'll just go through a few stats amongst the premium midfielders that I looked at, the list I've already spoken about. He has the second highest number of attempted assists, which is 101, just 10 behind Ericsson for last season, even though he played many less games. He has 21 assists. So in terms of attempted assist to assist ratio, he has a 20% attempted assist to assist ratio which is, I think, astronomical for a midfielder playing in that sort of side. His minutes per FPL uh, points is 103. So every match, you can almost expect him to give you some sort of FPL points. His penalty area actions are 363, which is the highest amongst all midfielders. And this you're comparing with the likes of Ali, with Eriksson, with Mane, with Coutinho, with Ozil, with Sanchez, which, which are absolutely superb players. And he has the second highest number of open play crosses successful. So he's not only crossing the ball, he's actually crossing it successfully. And he has 32, uh, which is the second highest number for those that category. And obviously that category is the best amongst the, the league. So at 10.0, I know his price is very, very steep. But I think he can provide excellent value over the season. And I think at the start, it's very hard. But I think I might just not go with him. But he could absolutely explode. Okay, and uh, Iceman, anyone to add to that? Well, uh, there's there's a lot of players to choose from City. I think up front is where people are choosing uh, from Jesus and Aguero. Uh, I'm going with Jesus at 10.5 because he's that point million less, and I do actually think he's going to probably score more more points. He didn't play much last season at all, and he got seven goals, four assists in the 650 minutes he played. Whenever anything's kind of rotated around, whether they're going to play one up front, it seems to be Aguero that comes off for the likes of Sterling, and Jesus stays on. He he got the most minutes over Aguero during the preseason friendlies. And yeah, there's just a lot of hope with him. I'm also looking, I do want KDB as well, but he's not currently in my team. But I'm kind of covering different areas. And I do feel like going with Walker, he's practically a right midfielder. I know he's expensive at 6.5. And it's a bit like the Alonso discussion. Like, you know, are you going to go for that expensive defender who's playing in midfield? I think Walker's got a lot of potential at City. I watched him play against Spurs and he just, he was so far up. I just feel like he's going to score a lot of attacking returns. I don't feel like City are going to be majorly strong at the back. So it's more the attacking returns, which I'm going for, than clean sheets. But yeah, he, he's in my team. I, I hope that he's going to cover my not having KDB. I doubt that he will, but... um. Just a hopeful one for me, putting him in my team with Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I think on the subjects of fullbacks, um, again, I'm not going to go over him straight away, but Danilo is very interesting to me. I think he can play left and right back at 5.5 million. So as soon as there's some rotation going on, if one of Mendy or Walker get injured, I'll be straight on to him this season. Yeah, actually, Mendy's injured right now. And mm-hmm. Danilo has played all the preseason matches at left back. And then he actually replaced Walker at right back. And he started. Tane played left wing back. So I think Danilo at the moment, with his form, I've read a lot about him in preseason. And a lot of people have said that he'll be very unlucky not to start the season. So at least till Mendy's back, I think Danilo can be a very, very good option. It's just that your risk profile should be managed. Because if you were going with him in the defense, you should at least have other three playing players who you can bank on. So for me, he's a fifth midfielder. Sorry, a fifth defender. And if you're going for a 4-3-3, I think Danilo is a very good option to start with if you want to go for that 4.5 midfielder along with Tom Carroll or whoever you're going to choose. 
Yeah, that's a nice shout. So we've got front-to-back options for City there. Chaps, I'm going to move us on just because of time. So we've got two more fixtures. Four big teams, actually, in terms of following, if nothing else. Newcastle versus Spurs on the Sunday, the one thirty fixture. Iceman, first of all, I'll let you sort of pick from this one. Who do you like from this fixture moving forward? Well, I, I didn't have him in last week, but uh, I've now got him in. Kane is now back in my team. A lot of people are saying he is a Why, why ever would you do that? <laughs> he's just, he's kind of too good to ignore. Uh, I mean, I, I have looked at just going the alley option or going the alley and Ericsson option, trying to cover those uh, those points. But Kane, he's kind of too good not to have. It's just his price is high. I do think he he is worth that price, like because he's just going to score, you know, non-stop. He did it last season towards the end. The only thing is. When uh, we did want to captain him against the likes of Burnley and Hull last season, he let us down, didn't he? So he has got potential to let us down. So I can see why people are not going for him. The, the fixtures, they've got Chelsea game week two, then they've got Everton away game week four. So not the easiest of fixtures, but Newcastle game week one and Burnley game week three, I can just see a lot of points for that. And he's going to be a captain option this week and probably in game week three. So, yeah, he is in my team, and I think he's going to remain there. Like it. Said anyone from Spurs? Yeah, so I've had Kane since the very beginning. Uh, I think it's about, see, April this year, I think more than ever, it's about managing your risk profile in your team. I've had Kane because I'm too worried about not starting well. Kane is actually, in terms of the odds that I got from Paddy Power, he's the second uh, highest for any time goal scorer behind just Lukaku. Uh, the only thing that I can, uh, in terms of if you're not looking to Kane, if you want some support on that, the only thing I can say is that in week, in week one, you can captain Lukaku. And in week two, I think definitely Jesus or Aguero are a better option than Kane for captaincy. So if you're going to wildcard in game week three or four, you can probably, and if you're not going to captain a player who's 12 and a half million, you can probably just go without him. Interesting. So, And uh, anyone from midfield for you? Um, Ali is a very good option but if I have Kane I'm definitely not going to keep Ali and double up on both with those fixtures I really like Trippier I had him for very long before his unfortunate injury so I'm going to like just monitor that Ben Davies is another option in defence with Rose out but because he has competition for that spot I think I'd probably miss out on him for the start of the season yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think, like you say, Davis had a solid end to last season, so I still think he's a good option here. Whilst they get Rose fit, and they won't want to rush him back into it. And I, just for me, it's like I haven't actually heard people talking about Ali as much as I as I would have thought. But could be because of the fixtures, but for me, at nine point five million, I still think that's quite cheap considering his returns over the last couple of seasons. So I'm strongly considering him actually over Ericsson at the moment. Um, chaps, what about Newcastle? Sid, any thoughts on them? Uh, Newcastle, I think, are definitely a very, very good option, which can really pay you for that price, is Artsu. He's uh, just 5 million. He's actually played, the, I think, the highest or the second highest number. I can just check that for uh, for the listeners. I think he's played the second highest number of minutes in preseason in midfield. He's actually played 315 minutes uh, from midfield, which is just second highest to Shelby. So at five million, I think he can he can be a really good option. He actually scored the other day as well, and provided an assist a match before that. So definitely a good option at just five million if you're looking for a for a for a midfielder and just want to put the funds elsewhere. Other than that, Rob Elliott at four point zero is a very very good option uh, for that defense if he keeps his place. Though I heard that they're looking for Adrian to come in from West Ham, who was very unhappy with the owners. 
after they got Joe Hart in. So probably monitor Elliot. You don't have much time to monitor it actually. But if you're if you really want to not spend and if you want to go for cheap keepers, Foster Elliot is definitely a combo. I can you can look at very highly owned as well. Other than that, just Atsu. Gale is a good option, but he's not really started. And with Mitrovic and uh, Perez in those in that position, I'll probably stay away from him. It's interesting because he was there. He was a standout kind of goal scorer last season, wasn't he? he scored twenty. I think it was about twenty six goals um, in the championship. But as you said, they do have Mitrovic. I did actually hear him linked with another club. And part of me felt that with Gale's performance, he might get some love. But it always seems to be once he gets to the Premier League, Dwight Gale, managers just don't take the uh, the risk on him. It happened at Palace. Fairly good returns considering how much he played. Just no one really took the, the punt on him as a number nine. Sorry, 23 goals he scored last season with two assists. So... Chaps, I'm going to move us on to the last game. United versus West Ham. Four o'clock on the Sunday. United, of course, playing tonight, losing 2-1 against Real Madrid, but another Lukaku goal. Sid, you were purring over United earlier and also incredibly frustrated with them. What are your thoughts about United going into the season and in this fixture? So, a number of key players, I think, from United. I think Lukaku, at 50% ownership, uh, you have to be brave not to have him. Uh, he scores. Uh, he's actually, he had 23 goals last year, or 25 goals last year, something which was, I think, outstanding for Blair. At that price, he's 11.5 million. So if he doesn't do well, you can shift him to Aguero with good fixtures. Uh, he had 31 FPL, invo- FPL involvements last year. His FPL BPS was 823, which is just 90 below Kane. And Kane was absolutely outstanding, as we know. He had 110 shots, which is as much as Kane. But he had 12 more shots inside the box than Kane. Kane had 70, he had 82. And his his accuracy ratio was 50%, which is also very, very good for a, for a striker. So I think at that price, in a United team, which is looking a little more attacking than ever, and he's a goal, goal scorer, even though he played really poorly today, he scored a goal. And in yes. FPL, points matters, performances don't. So I think definitely, uh, Lukaku is definitely one for me. I think one of the very, very underpriced players that I think who will provide very good value, I think is Mkhitaryan. He's playing just behind Lukaku. With Lukaku's hold-up play, I think Mkhitaryan will become more influential this year. So I think I'll probably look at him at the start. I actually have him right now, but might shift him out depending on how much money I have for the other positions. In defence, there's a bit of a, a problem because Smalling and Jones, uh, Smalling, sorry, Smalling and Lindelof are the only two players which are eli- which are eligible for the European matches as Bailey and Jones are suspended. So I think Bailey and Jones might start, but that's something you'll really have to look at if you want to take that risk. And in terms of the keeper, I think De Gea is a good option, but he won't really make any saves. So he'll either concede a goal or keep a clean sheet, which is six or two points. So I'd rather go for a keeper, which is one million lesser in that position. I think that's about it. That's the options I can see. I like it. I think you give a good kind of range of United players. A great point on De Gea as well especially if the defence shuts up shot. Iceman, um, interesting one, um, because Sid's talking there about Mkhitaryan. I know you might be sort of thinking in the other way of Pogba at the same price. I had I had Pogba, yeah. I think he's more of a safe option in terms of minutes. I think with Mkhitaryan, he's, he's one to get subbed off quite a lot, maybe at like 60 minutes. And if United are winning, Jose's one of these managers that like to take off an attacking player just kind of short up put like a big Fellaini or uh, yeah even changing with with Mata probably rotating it always seems to come 
halves, whereas uh, Pogba seems to get the 90 minutes. I mean, that's the argument between them two. If I was picking one out of two, I'd actually probably punt on Mkhitaryan now, just because he looks so far forward. But yeah, yet again, it's just that minutes. Um, I've actually got De Gea because I, I do want to start with a United defender to gain those clean sheet points because if you look at their first five fixtures like they've got West Ham at home Swansea away Leicester at home Stoke away and uh, Everton at home so they're all really good fixtures for United and United have improved since the following year quite considerably actually according to the stats and yeah I can just see uh, De Gea scoring a lot of points he is still up there with the amount of points from FPL goalkeepers so it just it does show that yeah he has got that potential to get get you a lot of points just from clean sheet points and not from many save points I like it so I think um, those are the safer options as United go what about their opponents West Ham they've invested on Altovic They've brought in Chikorito, which I think is a great signing, actually quite reasonably priced. You've got Joe Hart there now. Sid, what do you think about their chances? In terms of West Ham, I think uh, Joe Hart is a very good option over the season, but not for the start for me. And I think Ogbonna at 4.5, I don't know if it's if Font and Reed are actually playing right now because Ogbonna played a lot in preseason. So I think Ogbonna is a very good option if he plays, but I, at the moment, I, nothing for me for the first two fixtures. But from game week four onwards, I think Chicharito... For that, uh, mid, for that third striker spot, becomes very interesting. Okay, Ice Melody, you want to add on West Ham? Um, no, I think there's just too many options for me. They're kind of an unproven uh, group of players together. So it's you could choose like the likes of AU or Anatovic, but although Anatovic just got injured, but. I would stay away and kind of wait and see. They're a wait and see team for me. Hart might be a good option just at 4.5 in goal. But yeah, just kind of wait, another wait and see team. Okay. Yeah, I think um, they need to get out of the pie era of the individual. And hopefully if they can gel these players together, they've got a great chance to do well this season. But that remains to be seen. Chaps, that brings us to the end of the 10 fixtures. Um, and I know that our editor is absolutely dying. Dying for a break so ladies and gentlemen for the first time of this fixture round of pods this season it is the Iceman's Piss thank you very much And welcome the Iceman back from his uh, urine break. I had a handful of olives during that time just to keep me going on a long pod. So, very nice. Let's sum up anyway, chaps. Um, lots of chat about the first game of the season. So, we had Arsenal versus Leicester. Who are we thinking? Kolasinac, Iwobi and Holding as options for the Gunners. Uh, Simpson and Iheanacho as potential options across the, the course of the season for Leicester. Moving on to the Saturday fixtures, Watford versus Liverpool. Firmino and Mane seem to be the big point scorers we're thinking about. Uh, we discussed Salah, but we think there's potential room for Wijnaldum if Coutinho goes, and maybe even Solanke for some game time um, if Coutinho goes as well. Chalabar for Watford's played a lot of pre-season, thanks to Sid for that stat, and looks good value at 4.5. Chelsea versus Burnley, well, Fabregas and William look likely to get game time with uh, Bakayoko still out. Me for Burnley provides 4.5 million great value at the back. 
Walters at 5.5 million again could be a really good enabler over the course of the season and we spoke about Tom Heaton just because um, Palace versus Huddersfield Zaha great season last year we're expecting big things from him at a good 7 million price this year Hennessy potentially is a good rotation keeper uh, for Huddersfield we've got our eyes on Moy and also Depotra could be options the Iceman also shouting Mooney as a potential go-to for cheaper strikers um, Everton versus Stoke again we're actually not that excited about Everton mainly because of their fixtures but as sort of cheaper options up front Sandra and Rooney in that 7 million category both her pedigree for scoring goals could be good enablers no one from Stoke at the moment unfortunately West Brom versus Bournemouth we like the look of their defence West Brom particularly Dawson is the shout Higazi could be an option if players remain injured for West Brom and they don't sign anyone else and uh, of course there's always Jay Rodriguez up front or Phillips who scored well last season Begovic looks a good rotation option for Bournemouth also Ake and Daniels at the back. We need to see how Jermaine Defoe fits in before we consider him. We didn't even talk about that, actually. I've just added that in myself. Uh, Brighton versus Man City. Well, for the newcomers, we talked about Knockart and Rosinia as cheap options. But, of course, against City, we don't really fancy them to score well. You could have KDB, Jesus. You can toss a coin on him and Kun. We think Walker's pretty much nailed on to play. And at this stage, with Mendy injured, Danilo could be a cheap way into the City fullbacks. On the Sunday fixtures, you've got Newcastle versus Spurs. Kane, Ali and Davis, the usual suspects from last season. We expect them to pick up where they left off. Atsu's had a lot of pre-season game time for Newcastle, having just signed for them permanently from Chelsea. And we undenied over Dwight Gale. We're thinking not quite at the moment, unless he does get some game time, um, although he doesn't tend to get much of a run in the Premier League. And then United versus West Ham. Lukaku looks a good price, and if he doesn't work, he can be easily swapped for another player. Pogba looks good at £8 million for, for game time. And we also discussed Mkhitaryan as well as an alternative option. And that sums up all 10 game week fixtures. Oh, nice sum up, Paul. Lovely. So that brings us to the end of the uh, the 10 game week fixtures. And unfortunately, because this has gone on a lot longer than we'd expected, um, we're not going to have a chance to get to our social media questions to talk about now. However, we will answer them online for you on Twitter and interact with you there. Please do keep posting your questions, though, and on shorter pods, we will get to those. Um, if you want to get in contact and follow all things Fancy Football Surgery podcast, you can get our website at www fancyfootballsurgery.com you can find us on Facebook just by typing in Fancy Football Surgery Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes uh, under Fancy Football Surgery please give us a rating tell us what you think of the podcast give us some feedback there Uh, you can also follow most of our activity on Twitter at FF underscore surgery if you've got uh, Reddit you can listen to us on there and also on SoundCloud Uh, basically we're everywhere so if you want to listen to us you should be able to find a way You can also join our mini-league this season. I've said it once before, but for the sake of again, on 1173-455. And I wouldn't be able to get away with this section without talking about our email address, even though I've given you a hundred other ways of contacting us. ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. The Iceman does like a pen pal. That brings us to the end of our first fixture podcast of the season. We hope this has helped you to create your teams. I want to thank Sid for once again staying up until the arse end of the night to join us for the podcast, Sid. Thank you so much, guys, and thank you to the listeners. I hope whatever I say helps them in their FPL team. Sid, you always get great feedback, and no doubt we'll have you on again this season many times. And uh, to the Iceman. Yeah, cheers, Billy. Thanks very much for coming on, Sid. It was a good pod. 
And for me, Bully, it's good luck in the first game week of the season. I'm pretty damn excited and Sid's off to spend the next two days procrastinating over his next five players. For everyone at the Surgery Podcast, good luck in your game week. Well, he really does get right up there into the box. Was quite high up on the dribbles. Uh, let's uh, let's stop, stop the pod here. Actually, no. Should we, um, how we? So he is right up there. The points per ninety.